what a blessing. And with that, uh, Sunday is going to be their last Sunday with us. And they're going to be moving to Oregon and relocating there. Going to be helping start another church uh, there in Oregon. And so uh, that is bittersweet. Uh, definitely, Lord has uh, uh, used the Davis family in our ministry. And we have, we have benefited from that and definitely love them. And again, I miss them uh, for this 12 months that they're going to be gone, and then they're coming back. Uh, and so uh, we'll, we'll see what the Lord does there. Uh, but uh, anyway, you want to keep them in your prayers. John chapter 4, here we have, a, we have an interaction as the Lord is working with somebody, and this lady needs to get saved. And the topic of conversation comes up about worship. The topic of worship, as you say, that you have to worship at Jerusalem, we worship in, in the woods. Have you ever heard that one? Yeah, I worship the Lord on the river. I worship him uh, out, in the, uh, out in the woods. And can you do that? Absolutely, you can. But God does have a plan for our worship. But worship was the topic. And the Lord goes through and says there's coming a day when it's not going to be at Jerusalem. It's not going to be in Samaria. He said that worship, they're going to worship God in spirit and in truth. The Bible says that the Father seeketh such worship him. You know, God's looking for people to worship. This morning, as the special was singing, I was concerned because it did not, it was not communicated that we were worshiping the Lord together. It was almost sitting back in observation of a performance. None of this is a performance. None. And when it becomes a performance, there's a problem. And when we expect it to be a performance, there's a problem. You see, it's not about us at all. It's about him. And this thing of worship is something that all of us have got to grab a hold of. And I, I am not standing up here tonight to say that I've got it all figured out. But I am up here to say we all need to work on it. I believe God is doing something at Bible Baptist Church. I believe that the Lord is working in hearts. I believe the Lord is working in such a way that he is getting us ready to be used at a new level. And I don't know what that all looks like, but what I do know is he has to be number one. 
And it does not just come from the platform. It does not come just from the leadership. Every single one of us have got to come to a place where we are allowing God to be number one in our life. And so tonight as we look here, verse number 20, the Bible says, verse number 19, I love that verse, uh, the woman saith unto him, sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. Uh, he, he calls her out for her sin, and now all of a sudden it's like, wow, there's something about this guy. Uh, I perceive that thou art a prophet. I just laugh every time I read that passage. Uh, but verse number 20, our fathers worshiped in this mountain. Isn't it amazing how she shifts gears? We're dealing with sin, and now all of a sudden it's like, let's, let's talk about something else. And she goes to worship. There are a lot of people that worship, but are not worshiping the way God wants to be worshiped. Worship can be directed in the wrong place. Worship can be directed at a wrong person. And so here we look at this and she shifts that. And the Lord says in verse 21 or 22, ye worship, ye know not what. We know what we worship. You know what? Jesus knew who he was worshiping. He was pointing out that this woman, her worship, and not just this woman, but this group of people, they did not know what they were worshiping. That reminds me of just a religious crowd. That reminds me of just a church-going crowd. Just because we're at church does not mean that we are worshiping. Man. And so here we look at this and we see that uh, he said, you worship what you know. He said, ye worship, you know not what. We know what we worship for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour cometh and now is when, true, when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. And tonight I want to speak to you on the subject, let's worship. Let's worship. Father, I pray that you'd help us. Uh, Lord, we thank you that you are working in our midst, and we do sense and see uh, that that is the case. But I do pray that you would just grow us. I pray that we would uh, allow our, our guard to be set down, and uh, may the Spirit of God have freedom to work in my life. And uh, Lord, in each and every one of our hearts, I pray that you would help us uh, Lord, to grab a hold of this thing called worship, and may you receive the worship that is due you. Uh, may we truly uh, enter in and have uh, this worship for you, and lifting you up, and honoring you, and living for you. Uh, may, may we truly uh, worship, and so I pray that you would help us tonight, please, for Christ's sake. Amen. So as we look at this area of worship, uh, I... I believe that we have to look at our personal as well as our corporate worship. What does our personal worship 
look like? Because if there is not a time for it, there is no worship. So you have personal worship, but we also have corporate worship. Personally, we have to look into our own life and see what does that worship look like? What does my time with God look like? What does my worship of him, what does that look like? Is there a schedule for my worship? Am I, am I spending time with him? And it, should, it doesn't have to be just a, a laid out set of times that we worship, uh, but we do know that if we are going to worship him, that, that need, there needs to be time set aside for that. We think about prayer. Uh, if we don't have a time to pray, we don't pray. That's a reality. We, we look at, and I mentioned this uh, recently, uh, we look at uh, the, the Muslims, and the Muslims, uh, they pray three times a day. There is a time of prayer. That's, that's convicting. The false gods are prayed to and we who have truth, we don't take time to pray. And so here when we look at it personally and then corporately, and corporately as a church, we need to worship God. We need to worship the Lord. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. We, we need to get to where... It is not uncomfortable for us to worship. If, if it is uncomfortable for us to worship here, this is the best place in the world to be able to, to say amen and praise the Lord. It should not be a problem for God's people at church to praise God. It should, it should just be uh, refreshing to feel like I can say amen, I can rejoice in the Lord, uh, I can lift a hand of praise to God, uh, I can bow a knee in prayer. Uh, those, as we come, as we sing the praises of God, it should just be refreshing for God's people to be able to gather and sing the songs of God and lift up our voices in praise to Him and praise the Lord, whether it's in the teaching the preaching, whether it's in a Sunday school class or wherever it is at, as we gather together as God's people, we should just be praising the Lord. We should be lifting him up. And so the word worship is the word proskuneo, and it literally means to bow. It is to prostrate. It is, it is the term that is to humble yourself before God a deity. And, and we know who that deity is. I don't, I don't like to just say uh, bow before a God uh, because we serve the God. Uh, I was just talking to somebody this week about uh, AA and NA, and they were started as Christian ministries. Uh, just like the Boy Scouts and the Girl Scouts and the YMCA, uh, they were started as Christian ministries. They are no longer so. 
anything that goes and lifts up a higher power and not the higher power, I have a problem with that. And so I'm glad that there are people that are helped with it, and it might be an entrance into uh, leading somebody to Christ. But, uh, but, the, but the, uh, oftentimes the AA, NA, it, it is as though it is a religious group, and it is no longer so. But what we find is worship. We need to bow. We need to prostrate before God. Genesis 22, 5, Abraham said to his young men, Abide ye here with the ass, and I and the lad will go yonder and, what? Worship and come again to you. Now, notice here, this worship, as they were going to worship God, they were getting ready to offer a sacrifice. So the sacrifices, the giving, the offerings, uh, that was part of that worship. Genesis 24, 26, the man bowed down his head and worshiped the Lord. That is that humility, the bowing of ourself, a humbling of ourself, recognizing the power of God and the person of God and lifting him up. Exodus 4, 31, and the people believed. And when they heard that the Lord had visited the children of Israel and that he had looked upon their affliction, then they bowed their heads and worshiped. There is a humbling that comes in worship. Uh, and when there is a haughtiness, when there is a pride, uh, there is no real worship. That's why it's so important for us to recognize that this is not a performance. There is nothing about this. Uh, one of the instrumentalists get up and they play. Uh, it is for worship. It is not for their elevation. It is not uh, for them to be lifted up. It is for God's glory. We give God our best. Amen? Uh, we give him our best, but it is not for us. It is for him. And, and that's where our music, it should draw people to look heavenward and to see how good God is. And, and it should cause us to, to lift him up and praise him. Uh, Matthew 4, uh, the, the, uh, the object of worship as the Lord had, had been separated away out in the desert for 40 days, uh, 40 nights as he fasted in uh, Matthew 4, 9, and he saith unto him, all these things will I give thee if thou wilt fall down and worship me. Satan is searching and seeking worship. Then saith Jesus unto him, get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Worship belongs to God. It doesn't belong to anybody. It does not belong to anything. It belongs uh, to God. So worshiping the Lord is all throughout Scripture. And we are to worship Him. So here in John, when he said, The hour cometh and now is, when true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. And that means we have to look at ourselves and we have to be honest. Am I a true worshiper? Wow. That's a humbling question, isn't it? It isn't, he didn't ask us, are you a worshiper? He just said, true worshipers are going to worship me in truth and in spirit. Spirit and truth. So, so here, if there are true worshipers, that means that there are false worshipers. 
but pastor, they're so sincere. Truth in spirit and in truth. You know, we don't have to be hateful about anything, but we do have to stand by truth. And we have to determine, our, is our worship going to be worshiping in truth? Are we going to be a true worshiper? You know, if something is not true, it's false. If it's not real, it's counterfeit. Counterfeit, it looks alike. Very similar. But there is no value. No value. When I was at the bank and I was at the uh, cash, uh, cashier, she was counting out that money uh, from the offering and she flips out and she says, counterfeit. I was like, what? I grabbed the money, I started looking at it. You know, when they did the deposit, they did not count that in our deposit. Counterfeit does not count. No matter how we feel about it. I wanted that money to count in our offering. But that banker did not care. You know what? Neither does God. Our worship, if he is going to receive it and it is going to be true worship... It has to come in the manner that he says worship should come. And so we've got to look at this area of worship. And there are those who worship false deities and false gods. There are those who falsely worship the true God. They put on a show, but it's not real. So here as we look at this and our praise, our worship of God or our lack of praise and worship of God, we have to realize that God is worthy of our, prayer, of our worship. He's worthy. And our worship should value who he is. Our worship should not be about us. Now, granted, the Lord does say that we can come before him. He says, come boldly to the throne of grace, that ye may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. We know that when we come before him, we can come, pray. The word pray is to ask. But our asking is not worship. And if all we are doing in our time with God is asking God for something then we are not worshiping him. Worship is something that we give. So, so here when we come before God, uh, we need to worship. So how do, we, how do we worship? First of all, praise. Praise. The biggest book in the Bible is what? Psalm. The book of Psalm. It's the song book. It's a songbook. 
Corporately, when we sing, we are to sing. Only about a quarter of you were with me on that. You know why we don't sing? Either we don't care. Let's be honest. Or we are so concerned about how we sound that it's about us. I think that's called pride. Amen. We're to sing. All through Scripture, God's people, they sang. When, when they were taken away in Babylon, the, the Babylonian said, sing us the songs of Zion. They had heard about this people that sang. And they wanted to hear it. You know what this world needs? They need somebody to lift up their voice to God. When we... We come in, and, and all of a sudden, when everybody is singing, there is a different spirit. There's a different spirit in the, in the church when we sing. Have you ever been in a preacher's conference? How many of you have ever been a, at a pastor's conference? Let me tell you, when the preachers sing, they sing. I'm just telling you. It is something else. And not all of them can sing good, okay? But there is a spirit. There's something there. It, what is that? Is it because they're preachers? No, it is just there is an understanding about the value of these words and, and who those words are representing and who they're honoring and who they're lifting up. And when we truly come to a place where we recognize that these songs are praising God, then man alive, I don't care if the person next to me can sing. Sometimes the, the groups are up here singing. I'll just jump up there and start singing along with them. I'm not a part of any of those groups. Uh, and I'll just start messing with them a little bit. Uh, but uh, uh, I'll start singing with them. Uh, it, there's just something about singing the songs of God. And you know what? We need to be a person that realizes that our praise is tied to our singing. Corporately, uh, the praise of God's people. When we gather together, we should be singing. Everybody should be singing. Everybody should be singing. Everybody should be singing. Praise the Lord. That, that's exactly what should happen. And it should not be a half-hearted... I mean... Brother Josh back here, a joyful noise, absolutely. I mean, it just might be noise, but it ought to be joyful. So the songbook, it's a book of praise, Psalm 95, verse 1. Oh, come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let's, let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving and make a joyful noise unto him with psalms. Songs, 
with psalms. He's talking about the, the praise, uh, the singing. For the Lord is a great God and a great king above all gods. In his hand are the deep places of the earth. The strength of the hills is his also. The sea is his and he made it and his hands formed the dry land. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker, for he is our God and we are His peop- the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your heart as in the provocation, as in the day of the temptation in the wilderness, when your fathers tempted me, proved me and saw my work. Forty years long was I grieved with this generation and said, it is a people that do err in their heart and they have not known my ways unto whom I swear in my wrath that they should not enter into my rest. And what do we find? We find that when God's people are not following him, we see that there's a judgment that comes. There is a, there's a chastening that comes. Uh, this chastening came a 40-year chastening. Think about that. That's almost as long as Bible Baptist Church has existed. We don't want that kind of hand of judgment. Let's, let's not, let's not uh, provoke the Lord with unbelief and disobedience. Go to Colossians chapter number Three. I, there's no way I'm going to finish my message tonight. But Colossians chapter 3. Look, look with me at verse number 16. Colossians chapter 3, verse 16. I know it's going up on the screen, but I want you to grab it. Grab your Bible. Colossians chapter 3, verse number 16. The Bible says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing uh, with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. Notice here in verse number 16, he says, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms, and hymns, and spiritual songs. He's saying that the teaching and the admonishing, correction, it was through singing. When we gather for church, it is not just this way. It's also supposed to be going this way. When you are singing the songs of God, you are teaching. Come on now. You are correcting those that are around you. What would would happen... If I stop teaching, I couldn't be the shepherd here. 
your part as a member, as a part of the body, you have responsibility as well. Amen. Well, I don't know enough to teach. Do you know how much doctrine is in that? Those songs? I mean, so much of the doctrine that I learned was through the music. It was through the psalms, the hymns, the spiritual songs. I mean, blood, it's powerful. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other fount I know. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. You know what you just taught? You just taught somebody that baptism isn't going to save them. You just taught that putting money in an offering plate is not going to get them to heaven. You just taught them that sitting in a little phone booth and talking to somebody on the other side of the screen and putting some money across, it's not going to get them forgiveness. There is so much truth in the songs that we sing. Amen. And it is song after song after song. We've got good music here. What a blessing. Teaching and admonishing, correcting, correcting bad behavior, correcting wrong thinking. The pastor's songs can do that. Well, absolutely they can. There's just so much that God gives us. So here in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, what's that next word? Singing. You have to do it. You get to do it. Singing. That teaching, that admonition, it didn't matter how doctrinal the songs are if people don't sing it. We get up and sing, and there's only a few people singing. The people that are sitting around are not being taught and admonished. But when everybody's singing, wow, everybody believes that. We, We are so blessed. God has given us so much. He has given us his word to help us, guide us, teach us. But we've got to worship him. That worship, it is going to be in praise. That praise, a lot of it should be right in the middle of our singing. You know, in your private time, personal time, you know how you can worship the Lord? Singing. Wow. 
those, those songs to help you praise him. Say, Pastor, I, I just don't know the songs. Get a songbook. Don't just take one. But get a songbook. And with that, it will help you in your worship. Let's worship. You know what? This Sunday, well, let's see. This Wednesday, we gather. Let's worship. Let's worship. Let's let our voice ring out. Let's let our, our hearts think about those words. And we're not singing to the song leader. We're not singing to the person sitting around us. Let's lift up our eyes and let's let those words praise him. Let's, let's worship. And as we have a heart to worship, what we'll find is our walk will just get sweeter. Has, you, has your faith gotten a little stale? You ever go into the cabinet and pull down a box of crackers? You know what I'm talking about? And you grab a pack of crackers and they've been opened. And you throw a cracker in your mouth and blah. Stale. Is that how our faith is right now? Has it gotten a little bit stale? Let's worship. You know what will happen? It'll get sweet again. It'll be fresh. It'll be sweet. That's what we need. Father, I pray that you'd help us tonight. Thank you for your people. Lord, I love these people. And Lord, we love you and we want to honor you and we want to worship you and we want our worship to be true worship. And so I pray that you'd help us this evening. May you be glorified in everything that we do. But now, Lord, as we stop and we think about where we are in our own worship, I pray, Lord, that you would help us, Lord, to draw closer to you. May Bible Baptist Church worship you in true worship. And so help us tonight, please. For Christ's sake, we pray. Amen. Let's stand together. As the